Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My guest today is Moti Gyamlani. Modi is the Senior Vice President and Global Chief Operations Officer at Ericsson, a networking and telecommunications behemoth headquartered in Stockholm that earns nearly $26.5 billion in annual revenue. In his role, Modi is responsible for a number of functions, including sourcing, IT, digital transformation, group sales, real estate, and the operations parts of people and the finance functions. He's been with Ericsson for roughly four and a half years and has been in his current role for a little less than a year and a half. Prior to Ericsson, Moti served as an executive at companies like Airtel, GE, Honeywell, and General Motors. Uh, look forward to speaking with him about his remarkable career, about the sorts of things that he's working on with his team at Ericsson, among a variety of topics I'm sure we'll cover here. Moti, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you today. Thank you for having me, Peter. Look forward to the chat. I, I've been looking forward to it myself, so thank you. Well, Moti, let's begin with Ericsson. I gave the briefest of overviews of the business. Please share a bit more about the business that you help lead. Okay, sure. Uh, now, very proud uh, of being part of Ericsson. We are uh, the bleeding edge company when it comes to technology. We do, uh, I think, in the most rudimentary terms, you know, when you're making a phone call, when you're going on an internet, the technology that enables that is Ericsson uh, behind the scene. They're the world's largest company when it comes to providing the technology to operators in 180 countries. So depending on the country you are in, you know, uh, you may have an AT&T connection or a Verizon or Airtel. All of those are powered uh, behind the scene by companies like Ericsson. And, and that's what we do. That's a great overview. I appreciate that. And talk a bit more about your role as a global chief operations officer. I mentioned a remarkably broad purview. Um, talk a bit about the wisdom of knitting those functions together uh, under a single executive. I think the idea, I would say my role is threefold mainly, and I'll talk about how that came about. Uh, the three parts to my role, one is to run and build world-class operations, right? Um, and you talked about a few and, and that's what we do. It's kind of the, one of the core role. Secondly is to transform the business um, and, and the company in terms of how we do things. So the transformation is the second important part of the role. And third is to make our company much more cost competitive and agile so that uh, in any environment, we are able to continue to invest in R&D and continue to build world-class products. Um, the idea behind pulling these things together, because underlying any transformation, and essentially we are a, we, our role is to in, ensure uh, we work much more efficiently as a company, all of these pieces come together from an operations perspective. So how we build that capability, how we work collaboratively among these functions and then with the business to drive the transformation and become more agile, that, that's how we came, came about as a team. It and in terms of organizing, Moti, do you have a leader on top of each of the areas that, that I highlighted in the introduction that you've you've kind of uh, provided a nice cat set of categories for, uh, as opposed to, for instance, more people like yourself that operate across multiple uh, worlds, so to say? Sure. No, I think in our team, we are uh, composed of se several uh, incredibly capable leaders that I'm privileged to uh, have on the team. So the global real estate uh, leader is uh, is there. Um, uh, head of uh, Chief Procurement Officer is part of the team. Uh, Chief Information Officer is part of the team. Uh, Chief Data Officer is on the team as well. And then uh, we have uh, Global Sales Leader. Um, and then we also have Global Business Services. And Global Business Services essentially is taking the operations of the rest of the company 
and and integrating them such as finance or people uh, all of those are operating under this leader uh, the organization is very global uh, peter that that we lead is in over 100 countries uh, um, and uh, the leaders are also distributed i happen to work from us but a lot of the other leaders are all around the world that's an interesting topic you raised there, Moti. Can you talk a bit about that collaboration across an executive team that is not at least on a daily basis, uh, you know, on the same floor of the same building in the same city, as you say, broadly distributed, reflective, as you've mentioned a couple of times, of how broadly distributed the business itself is as well. H- how has that worked? Well, it works brilliantly, right? So I think what we typically do, we meet uh, at least once a quarter, face-to-face, somewhere in the world, uh, we then have, uh, you know, uh, monthly team meetings that, that we always do by video call. Then we also have ops reviews, right? So we have very detailed ops reviews that we plan uh, where we collaborate with each other. We talk to each other. Uh, and uh, so I think I think net-net, particularly post-pandemic, I think we've certainly cultivated the art of uh, being quite effective in how we engage. And I think the team has adapted remarkably, I would say. Well, yours is a clearly a, a complex, a broadly distributed uh, organization. You mentioned 180 countries in which you do business. Uh, in three years, you'll celebrate your 150th birthday as a company. So a storied uh, uh, organization as well. Uh, and you know, w- with that as the backdrop, uh, you also are driving transformation. Uh, I should also mention, by the way, uh, in terms of the complexities you need to manage through as you contemplate transformation, is that you also operate in a highly regulated industry to boot. Talk about that within that context, um, how transformation is taking place. No, I think you're right. Uh, it's, uh, you know, when I took on the role, you know, I, I uh, felt... Um, you know, incredibly excited and 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 lucky to have an op- have an opportunity to lead such an awesome company and transform. You know, the fact that we are as global, 180 countries, like you mentioned, 105,000 people, um, average tenure, Peter, in the company would be 20 plus years. Um, we are an incredibly people-oriented company. People love working here, uh, but the fact that you know, uh, anytime you've got an organization with a tenure of 20 plus years, then then we are used to working in a certain way and then transformation brings its own challenges, right? Um, We are regulated because uh, data privacy, data security is a big deal for a company. So anything we do um, from a data perspective, we need to make sure that we are thoughtful and then we uh, meet the government regulations as well as secure the privacy of of people uh, that, that we ultimately serve. So I think ultimately in that context, the way we think about transformation, we think about at the core employee and customers. So what we do, everything we do is about how do we delight our customers? How do they? How do we make sure it's easier for our customers to work with Ericsson and how it is easier for our employees to be part of Ericsson to get their work done? So that's the core of what we do and or what we enable to the company. Can you provide some examples uh, just to provide us a little bit more specific context in terms of transformation? What what are some examples of what you're driving, please? If I think about a customer, so I'll take one example. We are right in the middle of implementing. So think about the fact that the customer has selected us and now they uh, are wanting to place an order. We want to enable them so that they can do that in a day. Typically, it has taken us about 30 days uh, from the time they get uh, 
the requirements till they can place an order and the order is accepted within Ericsson system. It can take up to 30 days. Now we're trying to do this in a day by making sure we redesign our processes, uh, redesign our interface uh, and, and, and make sure things become a lot more seamless so that uh, a combination of process simplification and digitization, we can do this in a day. If I move to an employee experience, the one uh, one of the ones we are working on right now is how we significantly reduce time to uh, onboard an, a new employee, right? An executive or an engineer or, or somebody in finance. Uh, again, we want to cut the lead time to less than half and we want to become in top 25% uh, of the global companies in, in terms of the index. So we're quite proud and third thing, uh, uh, what we are doing, Peter, is we want to make sure that it's not our team alone that ultimately enables simplification, right? We do believe we want to cultivate a culture where every member of 105,000 employees within Ericsson is equipped with the capability so that they can take few things and then simplify them significantly. So we run essentially, uh, you know, Six Sigma training, and we basically do green belt, yellow belt, and black belt trainings where people bring projects, they get trained, they simplify. So we're hoping uh, gradually we propagate and we allow the entire company to have the capability of being able to simplify. I also wanted to ask you, Moti, about supply chain. Uh, it is one of the areas of responsibility, as, as we both highlighted. It's also an area that you've led across multiple of the storied organizations I mentioned before, uh, Airtel, GE, uh, some aspects of your role at Honeywell as well. And so it's a topic you know quite well. It's a topic that is more recently in the minds of the general public, especially through the course of COVID, given some of the complexities of managing through supply chain issues, uh, born of a variety of uh, of, of, of issues um, associated with it, among other, among other areas. And as somebody who's been so deeply, um, has been a deep expert in this at scale across numerous organizations and now still have have responsibilities there. I'd love your your own perspectives about how you think about creating a world-class supply chain. It has significantly changed over the last five years. A combination of two things, right? Uh, I would say geopolitics. Uh, I think there is more stress, you know, whether you look at US-China, you look at uh, Ukraine-Russia war. Um, and overall, right, natural calamities have gone up significantly, right? Uh, natural disasters have gone up. So I think resilience, uh, supply chain resilience has become really important. Secondly, I think COVID, uh, the impact on supply chain was so significant. Again, it kind of underscored the need to, to build and drive a resilient supply chain. So there's a lot of work uh, we are doing, probably not different from many, many other companies where we are making sure there is a resilience of every kind in place, whether it's a geopolitical resilience where we are able to secure and procure material from more than one country, uh, should there be a should there be a reason uh, or a tension or a preference by a customer, we've got level of that, that level of flexibility that we are building. But the tricky part is how do you do that while making sure you can still be really fast in product development, uh, you can be competitive in cost because anytime you are splitting your volume across various supply chains, there is an argument to make the economies of scale are no longer the same. Uh, supply chain costs may go up certain countries may not have the natural resources, the cost may go up. So how do you bring that balance of, of making sure that you're fast to market, you are meeting customer need, you are competitive, brings an awesome challenge, but that's something I can I can say quite proudly, just a phenomenal work that we've done 
as a company to to uh, make sure not only we create resilience but we remain very competitive another of, of your responsibilities as you noted is real estate and what an interesting topic these days as various organizations Ericsson I'm sure uh, among them is rethinking how one's real estate footprint can be optimized and, and and how best to determine when to collaborate in offices and when to operate virtually. We've already talked about how the executive team itself uh, gets together on a quarterly basis, which then, then assumes that uh, for long periods of time, uh, collaborates extensively uh, through virtual means as well. Talk a bit about your own perspectives, if you would, uh, from, from the perspective of the future of work, the return to the office and the downstream implications on your real estate. You know, that one I'm uh, quite proud, right? So we are doing some really, uh, uh, you know, uh, cutting edge work, credit to the team that that leads this effort. And uh, we are essentially what we've done is we uh, uh, have looked at the persona. Uh, so we've looked at different kinds of individuals within our company. So there is, they could be a manufacturing individual to an R&D to somebody in finance or sourcing or 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 a business. So they all have their unique needs, right? And they have a typical day. And if you were to break the day, you would recognize there is some reading time, there is uh, time to collaborate, there is time to innovate, there is time to, you know, uh, seek clarification. So depending on what it is, we essentially believe certain type of work is best done at home and the certain work done at work, right? By, by being in the office, near to your colleagues so and so forth. So what we have essentially done is understood that we, we as a company deeply believe in flexibility. And so what we want to do is to equip uh, the, the managers, leaders, as well as the employees, kind of allowing them to introspect what is it they, that would likely be best for them, yet providing them the flexibility. We are redesigning our offices uh, for the right amount of footprint, but also making sure that they are more suitably located, better designed uh, for uh, the technology as well as the collaborative space, you know, making them more inviting, uh, make, make, make them more exciting, you know, having areas where they can go relax as well as uh, collaborate uh, and have a lot of technology. So we, we, we've done a, quite a bit of innovative work uh, in this area and we're quite proud. The, the journey continues, by the way, we are still in the middle of it, but uh, a quite interesting work uh, underway right now. Well, I appreciate you sharing those perspectives and we'll be fascinated to see how that continues to evolve and the learnings that continue to come from that, uh, Moti. I also wanted to ask you, you know, as a telecommunications organization, yours is one that is, uh, you know, innovative from a technology perspective in a whole range of ways and actually delivers a lot of the fundamental or foundational technology to enable uh, so many others, as you pointed out, deliver what they do. Uh, one of the topics from a tech perspective that is certainly on the minds of many, uh, arguably most, uh, within the tech realm and beyond is generative artificial intelligence, Gen AI. And I, I know from some past uh, off-the-record conversations uh, that, that you're, you also are, are putting a lot of thought into its potential use in an organization like Ericsson. I wonder now uh, what conclusions you're drawing and, and areas where you see this uh, playing a, a, a fundamental role. I think we are, uh, the way we think about Gen AI, we are looking at it both for product and the product development in terms of how Gen AI can play a role uh, there to help uh, uh, be a buddy to our R&D engineers so that uh, it could free up their capacity to have more time for innovation, right? So that's kind of one area. 
uh, we are delving into. And the second area we're delving into is more around efficiency and productivity in terms of how we you know, think of uh, marketing pitch has to be written or some basic level of legal work has to happen and or uh, you know, operations, right, that have to happen. So how we integrate uh, that work so that, again, we allow higher order of work being done and people becoming more productive, enjoying their work more by, by, by having, you know, something like Gen AI help with, them with the, help with them with the basic work. So the way we are doing it is, again, we have created some sort of a sandbox within our company and we are gradually opening the sandbox, uh, educating, of course, training, uh, our, our employees and leaders in terms of do's and don'ts and how they should be thinking about it because we do very, very advanced work, right? So what work needs to be done, how and where uh, from, from, from data security, data protection, but equally how you leverage the technology to benefit the company. So we are increasing the number of people every practical day uh, so that more and more people could benefit from the technology. So we're quite excited uh, uh, to see, you know, what's around the corner uh, leveraging this technology. Yeah, very interesting. If I can return for a moment, uh, though, with a different uh, um, avenue to pursue to your history as a both a, a supply chain, as we talked about, but also a sourcing and procurement executive for much of the past 25 years across many of the, the, the in fact, all of the companies I mentioned in the introduction, you have had those sets of responsibilities. And indeed, you, you joined Ericsson as a global chief procurement officer four and a half years ago. I mentioned a little earlier that just shy of a year and a half ago, you took on your current uh, COO responsibilities. Talk a bit about the role of procurement and supply chain and how that provided you with the foundation to take on this uh, consequential and broad set of responsibilities at Ericsson. I'd be interested in, you know, as somebody who has been so deeply and foundationally involved in these across numerous scaled organizations, how that provided you this platform to, to grow in the way that you have. I would say two things, right? I, uh, one overall, uh, you know, uh, supply chain sourcing, these are incredibly, uh, if you do well, they're complex rules, right? There is uh, a lot of strategy to it, and there's a lot of operational excellence to it for you to do a, a really good job. And it's, uh, and if you want to do really well, you need to be deeply integrated in the business. You typically, it's not a function that you can do well uh, being a siloed, right? So you need to be able to understand how you can cover white spots uh, in your product portfolio by leveraging supplier products, right? How you can increase the innovation of the company by leveraging the innovation of suppliers. Just at Ericsson, right? We spend about four and a half billion dollars uh, uh, in R&D every year. Our suppliers spend over $50 billion together, right? So how are we tapping into the technology and, and how are we aiding our R&D teams therefore to do more I'll give you a very interesting example without talking about a product, but um, a, a, an important product that we took on. We did a very interesting workshop, R&D workshop, bringing a bunch of suppliers, and we substantially, substantially altered the cost structure of one of our important product. Product, right? So, so to me, if you know a supply chain, to me, uh, maybe I'm biased, but it provides you the platform to truly integrate yourself into, you know, how you you enable sales to how you be competitive how you enable you know more competitive r and d uh, uh so and so forth so i think it does provide you a deep integration to the business deep appreciation for the business so it does prepare you to take on broader and more complex roles and i think it, it's a little bit about you as well should you choose to 
you know, take initiative and you have deep curiosity to learn more. I think that, you know, you are you are prepared that much more for, for taking on broader roles. So I don't think it's an accident. More and more supply chain leaders have taken on uh, quite important roles all the way to CEO. So, uh, and I think post-pandemic, the recognition of the function has grown significantly, right? So I'm, I can't wait to see around the corner in a few years, uh, m- more people taking prominent positions, uh, yeah. leveraging their background. Keen insights. Thank you for sharing that, Emoti. We've talked already about a number of, of uh, critically important uh, technology uh, and, and just general trends, Gen AI. We've talked about some of those associated with supply chain uh, uh, transformation, more generally speaking. Any other trends that particularly excite you, Moti, as you look to the future? Um, I would say close to home would be 60, right? So we, as you know, we are working on 5G that already enables substantially lower lead time to get things done. Latencies are very, very low. Uh, so think about uh, autonomous vehicle, which is, there's so much already happening in the roads of San Francisco, but just can you visualize that uh, leveraging 6G, how uh, latency will go down enough that the the, the auto, autonomous vehicles will become safer. It would truly become possibility for people who don't have access to medical today could get consultation support from physicians from far below and then over time even remote surgeries will become possible. So the hour of possibility is very high uh, leveraging 6G and what it can do uh, in terms of good to the society of of helping um you know all kinds of people and all across walks of life to do things that they wouldn't be able to do otherwise so really excited about what uh, the 60 is about to bring fascinating uh, insights there we'll look forward to staying tuned as that uh, continues to unfold i also wanted to, to to ask you moti as somebody who's been successful across numerous organizations, has played chief roles now, uh, literally and figuratively, across uh, a great number of, of large large uh, enterprises. What have been some of the secrets to your success as you've risen to these posts? Uh, what, what have been some of the difference makers along the way and maybe tuned towards advice to others who might wish to uh, have a similar shape to their career? No, thank you. Um, and I would say in all candor that I've been very lucky to have just some some great mentors along the way. Um, there were people who not only coached me, but took bets. So I would say immense credit to those leaders to place the trust that they placed in me to allow me to get where I got to. But I think uh, other than that, I would argue that, uh, you know, of course, uh, your core hard work and effort always, always, always helps. Um, I would say curiosity helps immensely. Um, it also helps that you typically don't see your role siloed and a functional, but you see yourself truly as a business stakeholder, uh, truly trying to figure out how we need to enable the company objectives. And then you find a way to augment that. I talked about earlier how you could look at growing sales how you you could actually augment uh, white spaces through suppliers, as an example, or drive much more innovation in the company. So if you were to see your role as a key enabler, not a functional leader, uh, I I have seen often uh, people embrace uh, you and your teams and you get more and more tightly integrated into the business where you become an integral part 
rather than a necessary evil, right? So I would say deep curiosity, being a business stakeholder ahead of functional stakeholders, uh, having the courage to ask questions that you don't have an answer to uh, and not not being shy and a lot of curiosity, uh, I would say would be probably some of the things to think about. Great wisdom you've shared there, Moti. Thank you so much for those reflections. And, and thank you more generally for a terrific conversation, reflective of the remarkable work that you and your team are doing at Ericsson, your post as the Global Chief Operations Officer, a bit about your background and the elements of it that have allowed you to uh, achieve the consequential heights that you have. It, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much, Moti. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity.